chapter 3, Galatians the third chapter and the 13th verse, and we'll begin there. Praise God. Galatians 3 and 13. Excited about the things we're going to be looking at this morning. Um, Galatians 3 and 13. Amen. Christy, I'm not really sure, but it's worked perfectly the last few services, but it's, it's uh, not interested. Did I do that or did you do that? Okay, well, let me see if it's decided to cooperate. Amen. Galatians chapter 3 and um, verse number 13. Praise God. All right, it says this, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Amen. So we've taken some time to look at what this verse means, what it actually looked like for Jesus to become a curse for us, He was made sickness for us. He was made poverty for us. He was made sin for us. Those are the three key conditions that that are here present on the earth today. Because of man's sin, because of um, the curse, you do understand there's no poverty, there's no sickness, um, there's no sin in heaven. Amen. And we know that when God created this, this earth and the Garden of Eden and put man in it, that um, it, was, it was not created with a curse in it, amen. That curse became because of Adam's sin, for Adam's sake, the Bible says in Genesis. But now we see that Jesus came under the curse with us. It, it, it had pinned us down. He came under it, he lifted it off of us, and he carried it away. But he removed the curse so that the blessing could then come upon us. You were not created for a curse. You were created for blessing. Amen. Now, just to remind you that the curse and now the blessing has affected us spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, and financially. I would like to spend some time on each one of those. I'm I'm just going to just again, I'm trying to get to a certain point this morning. A lot of this is review. But what this means is any, any area in your life, spiritually, physically, speaking of your health, um, mentally, emotionally, financially, um, we, don't, we don't have to tolerate conditions of the curse in our lives in these five areas any longer. Amen. Now the devil, you know, if we're ignorant and if we don't know how to stand in faith and if we don't know who we are and if we don't know what belongs to us because of who we are, the enemy will try to put some conditions of that curse on you. But my friend, um, amen, we, we're learning too much about it to doubt it, amen, and to know that, that the blessing now is upon us. I like to simplify things um, so that we can begin to understand them and then build upon the simplistic foundation. And so... If you'll think of the curse as an unseen force working against you, an unseen force working against you, and think of the blessing as an unseen force working for you, an unseen force working for you. Um, Don't turn there, but Leviticus 25 gives us an example 
of God commanding the blessing. And we see that he commanded the blessing upon um, a crop that, that they had planted in the sixth year. And that one crop with the blessing upon it produced three years worth of food. Amen. And the other thing, of course, is that it, it didn't just produce three years worth of food. You realize that you know, this was before the days of refrigeration and, and, and so forth and so on. It produced three years of food, and the blessing upon it kept that food from spoiling for three years. They ate on that one harvest for three years. Amen. That was the Lord commanding that unseen force, the blessing upon their crops. We see that same blessing released when Jesus took a little boy's lunch. He blessed it, and we see that it increased and fed thousands. Now turn with me to Ephesians, the first chapter, Ephesians chapter 1. And you don't have to look very far anywhere in the Bible to find the blessing uh, referenced. It is something that we see, for instance, in Genesis 1, where God created man in his image and his likeness, and then it says he blessed him. God put a, a, that unseen force, it's a spiritual force from his world upon Adam, empowering him, enabling him to do what God had created and called him to do. Now, I mentioned this in the Ephesians class this morning, and you know, sometimes when the, the, the speaker, the, the teacher, the, the preacher, whatever, um, reads a lot of verses, uh, not you, but some people, maybe you know somebody, amen, <laughs> they, they tend to tune out the Bible being read and then tune back in when the speaker comments on it and has something to say about it, okay? Well, that's messed up, amen. Um, there's nothing I could ever say about these verses that's more important than these verses. Amen, all right? So, and it's funny too because, you know, resistance comes in different ways in different forms. And, and obviously, if there's anything in my mind that says you shouldn't read all them verses, that didn't come from God or the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So, let's, let's, let's look at these verses together. We're going to look at um, these verses from two translations, the New King James and then the Passion. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. Now, the one thing that I want to point out to you is <clears throat> that what begins with a capital B in verse number 3 continues only separated by commas and verse numbers until the beginning of uh, verse number 7 or the, or the end of verse number 6. So the idea is that all of that is, is one thought that's flowing. Now, the key verse that I want us to spend some time with this morning is verse number three. And verse number three says that you have been blessed. 
not will be, but have been blessed with every spiritual blessing, not a few, not some, not most, but with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Let me give you the way the Holy Spirit's been giving this to me. Can I? Are you good this morning? That blessing that we referenced in Leviticus 25, where God commanded the blessing upon the crops, upon the harvest, that's one kind of spiritual blessing. Okay? That's one kind of spiritual blessing. You now, as a born-again believer in Christ Jesus, have been blessed with every kind of spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Are you following what I'm saying? In other words, if you do an exhaustive study of this blessing and blessing throughout the scriptures, you'll see that as God would command different blessings upon people, those, those different blessings would perform different results in their life. It, it, it would produce uh, you know, different um, breakthroughs, uh, miracles, uh, so forth and so on in their lives. And, and, and now, in other words, when it, when it says the blessing of Abraham, God commanded a blessing upon Abraham. But you realize God was blessing folks before Abraham ever showed up here. In other words, the, the blessing didn't begin with Abraham. We see that God, God put a blessing on him that was so powerful and so profound and, and so obvious that from that point forward, it was referred to as the blessing of Abraham. Amen. But that blessing didn't originate with Abraham. It was something that God in heaven put upon him as a man. So when it references it again in Galatians 3, so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles, he's talking about the blessing that was commanded from heaven upon Abraham now being upon you and me, non-Jewish people who have been grafted into the family, have become a part of the family because we've received Jesus and have been born again. Now, the way that reads in Galatians, you know, you think, okay, that's, that's, that's good. But now we see in Ephesians, and, and I, I know that some may disagree with this, and you maybe you've never heard it taught this way. To be honest with you, I've, I've never heard it taught this way. But this is how the Holy Spirit, again, has been giving it to me. Amen. How do we, how do we understand? Because you've got to understand it before you can start to embrace it by faith. Are you just what I'm saying here? You, you can't believe something you don't understand. And so we've got to understand what does Father mean when he says that you have been, I have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Every means every, every one of them, every kind of them, every type of them, every blessing that exists. Do you have any problem believing that Jesus is worthy of and deserving of and has been given every available uh, advantage that heaven has to offer, every available empowerment, every available enablement, every uh, way imaginable, right? In other words, we actually saw him operating on planet earth with access to every uh, resource heaven has available to, uh, you know, being flowing through and working through his life. Amen. Again, he commanded the blessing in Leviticus on the food, and the food multiplied um, and, uh, uh, you know, fed people for three years, fed a nation of people for three years. We thought taking little boys lunch and feeding 5,000 men plus women and children was a lot. No, commanded his blessing upon one year's harvest, fed an entire nation for three years. 
Now, Jesus had that blessing available to him to command. He blessed. That was the blessing he put on that little boy's lunch. Now, I can't prove this. You get to heaven, I think you're going to find out. The 12 basketfuls of fragments that they picked up, I don't believe they ever spoiled. I don't believe they ever spoiled. I believe people ate on them for days. You know, you, you know it's Thanksgiving, so you got the whole meal, and then you got the leftovers, right? Amen. But after a few days, that turkey starts kind of getting a funny taste, you know? Fish, you know, fish will spoil pretty quick on you, but nah, not that fish that Jesus multiplied. I believe if there was some somewhere today, you could go eat it and it'd be the best tasting fish you ever had. Stuff doesn't decay in heaven. You know that, right? Metal don't rust. Moths don't eat the, 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 the silk there. It, 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 there's, that doesn't happen there. And so when Jesus commanded the blessing upon that food, same blessing that was commanded upon the crops in Leviticus 25. That's one kind of blessing. Every blessing that heaven has you have been blessed with it. That's what it means to be blessed. That's what it means to be blessed. You have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm. Now, for some folks, this is like the first time maybe you've ever heard anything like this, and it's, it's astounding. It's, it's staggering. And so what follows in Ephesians, what I'm reading to you now, is, is just basically confirming that, yes, this does mean what it you think it means. It, it, it's exactly what it says. And he explains why that, that if this is astounding to you, remember you were chosen in Christ Jesus before the foundation of the world. You, you were given a position. You were given a place. It was predetermined that you were going to be adopted as sons by Jesus Christ to God the Father. Um, and all of this would be to glorify His grace uh, by which He's made you accepted in the Beloved. Let's keep going. In verse 7, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. Remember, we were redeemed from the curse of the law, which included sin, so that the blessing might come upon us. And he's re referencing that again here in verse number 7. According to the riches of His grace, verse 8, which He made abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He purposed in Himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. In him. Now, I know that that last part gets kind of wordy. And, and, and maybe you're not following it. Maybe you're not familiar with exactly what he's saying. I'm going to read it to you in the Passion Translation, and, and I believe it's going to shed some more light. But let me just, if I could, again, begin with the simple. The simple is this. He's saying that Father God predetermined this. He decided all of this before He ever created any one of us. This was His plan from the beginning. He didn't consult anybody. He purposed it in Himself. Amen. And now He's carrying all of this out to the good pleasure of what He desires. This is His good pleasure. This is not something he does begrudgingly. This is not something that, you know, he's, we're like all annoying him, but he tolerates us. No, no, no. This is, this is he enjoys this. He takes great pleasure in, 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 in promoting and blessing you and me in this way. All right, now let's go to these same verses, the Passion Translation. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us as a love gift 
from our wonderful Heavenly Father. Somebody please say amen to that. The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, all because He sees us wrapped up into Christ. This is why we celebrate Him with all our hearts. And He chose us to be His very own, joining us to Himself even before He laid the foundation of the universe. Because of His great love, He ordained us so that we would be seen as holy in His eyes with an unstained innocence. I put in my notes, our unstained innocence came at great cost to Himself. All right, verse 5, For it was always in His perfect plan to adopt us as His delightful children through our union with Jesus, the Anointed One, so that His tremendous love that cascades over us would glorify His grace. For the same love He has for His beloved One, Jesus, He has for us. And this unfolding plan brings Him great pleasure. Since we are now joined to Christ, we have been given the treasures of redemption by His blood, the total cancellation of our sins, all because of the cascading riches of His grace. This superabundant grace is already powerfully working in us. I got to read that again. This superabundant grace is already powerfully working in us, releasing within us all forms of wisdom and practical understanding. And through the revelation of the Anointed One, He unveiled His secret desires to us, the hidden mystery of His long-range plan, which He was delighted to implement from the very beginning of time. Look at me this morning. Your Creator Father has more than a hundred-year plan for your life. You got to know this. You got to know this. His plans for you predated you, and His plans for you continue long after long after life as we know it on this planet changes. Amen. Amen. Verse 10, and because of God's unfailing purpose, this detailed plan will reign supreme through every period of time until the fulfillment of all the ages finally reaches its climax when God makes all things new in all of heaven and earth through Jesus Christ. Now, I got it deeper in my notes, but I want to say it just in in reference to those last couple of verses there, okay? You have been blessed. If you have been blessed, then that means you are blessed. And the blessing that you have been made, that you have received, listen to me now, it is an eternal state of being. It is an eternal state of being. I'm blessed today. I'll be blessed tomorrow. I'll be blessed the next day. I'll be blessed next week. I'll be blessed in 2020. I'll be blessed in 2040. I'll be blessed when time is no longer kept on a man's calendar. I'll be blessed a thousand years from now. That's what he's saying here. He's saying this this is a long range plan. It is a detailed, specific plan. And this plan will reign supreme through every period of time until the fulfillment of all the ages finally reaches its climax. Now, my question to you this morning is, do you believe you are blessed? Do you believe you are blessed? It's one thing to be blessed. It's another thing to have faith in the blessing that Father God 
has placed upon you. Now, last week we looked at Gideon. We're not going to turn back there this morning, just to remind you and those of you who weren't here to review it for you. Last week we looked at Gideon in Judges, the sixth chapter. And what we see there is because it didn't look like Gideon was mighty, even though God, God called him a mighty man of valor, and God said that he was with Gideon. He told Gideon, Gideon, I'm with you, and you'll defeat your enemies, the Midianites, as one man. God told him these things, right? But because it didn't look like Gideon was mighty, it didn't look like God was with him, Gideon didn't believe that he was. He didn't believe he was mighty. He didn't believe God was with him. He didn't believe that because it didn't look like it was true. We cannot make the same mistake of believing we are blessed based upon our current conditions, symptoms, and circumstances. There is a big difference. Now, this is, I really, I really think this is going to help clear up some confusion. There is a big difference between the blessing upon you and the results and things that blessing produces in your life. We often point to, and I know it's a word that, that is thrown around like we use it all the time and perhaps we never even use it or even hear it other than church, and the word is manifestation. Manifestation. When we hear manifestation, we think of like, you know, a, a bug problem and we need an exterminator, and that's an infestation, right? A manifestation is when something that is hidden becomes revealed, when something that can't be seen is seen, when something that exists in the spirit realm in, in an invisible state becomes visible. That's when something manifests, amen? And so one of the classic mistakes people are making and, and one of the great areas of confusion when it comes to understanding the blessing is that many times we point to a manifestation of the blessing and confuse the manifestation with the blessing as opposed to what's actually hidden that's producing it. Stay with me now. We, I, I know that may even sound more confusing. It's like, well, what's the difference? Well, let me, let me dig into this a, a little deeper here, all right? Um, we talked last Sunday night about this, and I know for those of you who are here, I'm not just going to try to re-preach that message, okay? But, um, Christy, can you put slide number 27 up on the screen? Slide 27. I want you to see this now. This is going to help you, okay? The blessing upon your life is not seasonal. It is not seasonal. It is an eternal state of being. Okay, but let me, let me show you where I think the, the confusion exists. If things are going well in our lives, we are inclined to tell people how blessed we are. But we then make the mistake of not thinking or believing we are blessed when facing adversity or challenging situations. So when everything seems to be going our way, we tend to think of ourselves as blessed. We tend to think of ourselves and, and even will tell people, man, I am so blessed. I got a raise. I, I'm so blessed. Man, we, 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 we just uh, you know, sold our home and got a full uh, offer for it. You know, I am so blessed. You know, man, uh, kids are, are doing well in school. I'm so blessed. We point to all of these things and, and we say, you know, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. Right? 
And again, the confusion is what you're talking about there is not the blessing, but results the blessing is producing in your life. Brother Copeland said it this way, I'm not blessed because I'm healed, I'm healed because I'm blessed. So when we make the mistake of pointing to favorable conditions and circumstances and, and, and use that as evidence for our being blessed, then all of a sudden things are challenging, we're facing some adversity, we're dealing with some symptoms, hips hurting, kids are making bad grades in school, house has been on the market for six months, right? Now all of a sudden we, we tend to think that we're not blessed. Are you following what I'm saying here? Because we're not seeing a manifestation of the blessing, we, we, we think now that we're not blessed. We're, we're not going around telling people, man, I'm so cursed. I'm so cursed. No, we don't say that. Exactly, but we sure do a lot of complaining sometimes. You know, tell anybody that'll listen to us about how bad things are, right? You follow what I'm saying? So notice the mistake that I'm illustrating here. The mistake is we're basing our faith on being blessed, right? We're basing that upon what's going on around us. We're basing it on circumstances, on, on the conditions rather than the Word of God. I asked you a moment ago, do you believe you're blessed? Why do you believe you're blessed? Do you believe you're blessed because everything's going your way? Or do you believe you're blessed because Jesus became a curse for you and has made you blessed? You see, there's a, there's a huge difference there. Now, there's, there's actually... Um, again, so the blessing in your life is not seasonal. This is the way the world thinks of blessing. And, and, and it's contaminated the way we think about blessing. So when we look at the good times and say we're blessed, and at the bad times we you know, at least complain about it, and, and, and think consciously or subconsciously that we're not blessed, this leaves people with the impression that somehow the blessing comes and goes. Well, you know, after all, you have to take the good with the bad. It's just part of life. Right? Just part of life. Blah, 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 blah. This is not the case at all. Jesus didn't say sometimes you'll be blessed and sometimes you won't be. He says you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Now watch this though. Please watch this. Because this is the trick that the enemy has been playing on us and he's going to be exposed and it's going to end today. When we buy into this seasonal concept of blessing, when things are going well, we can't you know, tell enough people how blessed we are, but then all of a sudden we face some challenges, we face some adversities, we've got some symptoms. My friend, when you're facing challenges and symptoms and adversities, this is when you need the blessing the most. The blessing is designed to put you over the top when you're facing challenging situations. The blessing is empowerment from heaven. It's an unseen force from God working to your advantage in life. So when you're facing the difficulty, you don't need to step back and say, man, I thought I was blessed, but you know, good times, you have to take the good with the bad. So now we're going through a seasonal of a 
season of, 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 of negative and the Lord gives and He takes away. You know, it's, you know, it's, you know this, this whole mindset, right? We need faith in the blessing when we're facing challenges. If, if we need it at any other point, we need it at that point. You need the empowerment and the enablement of the blessing during times of adversity and challenging situations. Why? Because the blessing upon your life and upon you is a difference maker. It provides you with the ability to overcome and be victorious in any situation. Do you see how the enemy is deceiving so many people into losing confidence in the blessing they need because they think the minute things get tough, they're not blessed anymore? Let me say that again. Do you see how the enemy is deceiving so many people into losing confidence in the blessing they need but they think the minute things get tough, they're not blessed anymore? Christy, would you mind putting slide 34 on the screen, please? Bottom line, most people doubt the blessing when they need it most. They doubt it when they need it most. Then you couple this with all the lies that God is behind the adversity and God is somehow testing you with these trials and all this other stuff. It's just a recipe for a whole lot of misery. What do you base the belief that you are blessed upon? Do you base it upon the circumstances in your life or do you bless it upon the Word of God? Listen, this is, how wonderful is it to live in a nation that has a national holiday to just give thanks? And we have got a lot to be thankful for. And you're misunderstanding me if you think I'm saying we shouldn't tell people that we're blessed, that we shouldn't tell people how thankful we are when, when, when the blessing upon us is producing results uh, and breakthroughs in, in our lives and, and give credit to, to our Father and, and, and His goodness to us. Absolutely, positively, we should do that. But if your confidence in the blessing is in evidence of the blessing only, the enemy is a master deceiver. He's a manipulator. And so now all of a sudden, the conditions, the circumstances, the symptoms change, and it doesn't appear. That's a key word there. It doesn't appear. Remember, Gideon didn't look like a mighty man of valor. Gideon looked like a faithless coward. Yet God said, you're a mighty man of valor. I'm with you. If you'll, if you'll go in this might of yours, you will destroy uh, a nation as one man. Wow, see, again, as long as Gideon looked at the way things appeared, the way things felt, the way things seemed in his life, he had, his faith was, was, was locked. It was, his faith, you know, was, was not producing any result for him. I take no pleasure in saying this, but sadly, many people have more faith in the curse than they have in the blessing, as evidenced by their daily expectations. 
Listen to folks when they talk about things going really well in their lives. They'll say things like, knock on wood. I don't want to jinx it. Soon as I say, my daughter's making a straight A, she'll bring home an F. Right? Soon as I say it, soon as I say it, see? What, in other words, what are they, what, what's the underlying confidence there? What's the underlying expectation? The underlying expectation is things going well in my life is an anomaly. Things going well in my life is this rare exception. And while we're thankful for this seasonal, uh, this season of, 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 of good things, you know, um, the expectation is it, it won't last. Right? What's the old saying? Good times don't last, but good people do. Was that the book of Hezekiah or something? That's not in the Bible. That's not in the Bible. But notice the expectation is there. Well, you know, and we, you know, just got my fingers crossed that it'll, that it'll be good. Why in the world do they do the final exams at Christmas time? Right, you know. So, you know, just hoping that this, that the, the season of, of experience blessing will line up with um, the holidays or something. You know what I'm saying? Right? My kids get sick every Christmas. Quit saying that. Quit saying that. So what do you base the belief that you are blessed upon? Circumstances in your life or the Word of God? The Bible says, let the redeemed say so. Let the healed say so. Let the rich say so. Let the strong say so. And let the blessed say so. In the context of several of these is let the weak say I'm strong. Let the poor say I'm rich. Let the sick say I'm healed. The idea is the symptoms, the conditions, the circumstances are saying one thing, but the Word is saying another. So we're going we're to base our belief and our confidence in what the Word says, not what the circumstances say. Well, amen. I'm about out of time. you got just another minute. Pretty cool quote from Brother Keith Moore. It's uh, slide number 40. Um, Christy, if you don't mind putting it up there. The only gift you enjoy is the gift you receive. That's the only gift you'll ever enjoy is the one you receive. Now remember, faith receives what grace has already given. Faith receives what grace has already given. Let me see if I can... Put a bowl in this right here, okay? Um, if you weren't, first of all, last Wednesday night, if you're only going to listen to one, listen to last Wednesday nights. But last Wednesday, we've started a new series in our study on the subject of faith on Wednesday nights. It's called Faithmatics, okay? And we're all becoming faithmaticians. Amen. And a faithmatician is someone who, who has uh, uh, expertise in the knowledge and skill 
uh, of faith to solve otherwise impossible life problems. And, and so um, on last Wednesday evening, we've, we've been looking at this, this story, this account where, where this man had a little boy possessed with a demon. I'm not going to preach that sermon. I, I'm going somewhere with this though, okay? He brings the little boy to, G, to Jesus' disciples and the disciples could not cast the devil out of the little boy. And so then the man took him to Jesus and Jesus cast him out. And they asked Jesus later, they said, why couldn't we cast him out? And Jesus said, because of your unbelief. Okay. Now, here's the thing. In Luke, the ninth chapter, first verse, Matthew, the tenth chapter, the first verse, we see in both of those that Jesus, you ready? Jesus gave his disciples power over all demons and unclean spirits to cast them out and power and authority to heal all kinds of sickness and disease. It was spiritual, it was invisible, but it was real nonetheless. Why could they not cast the demon out of the little boy? Jesus said because of unbelief, but specifically they doubted. Let me time out. Did they have the ability to cast the demon out of that little boy? <laughs> if Jesus gave them authority to cast out all unclean spirits, all demons, then yes, they had it. But somewhere along the line, they didn't believe they had it. All right? We said this on Wednesday night. They, they told it to go, and when it defied them, they panicked. They pushed the button to unlock their car door, and it didn't unlock, and they threw the keys in the weeds when they should have just simply pushed the button again. Because what you're going to find out is the devil's going to try to defy you. He's trying to figure out if you know He's trying to figure out if you really know what's yours. He's trying to figure out, see, the devil knew that Jesus knew. That's why when Jesus walked up to him, he fell down and begged, please don't, don't send me to the abyss, it's not time, don't, right? See, the devil knew, ain't nothing he could do to defy Jesus and Jesus like, I said get out and get out now, and there's, you don't even have a choice, right? But if, if you, <laughs> I'm preaching Wednesday night sermon. That's okay. I, we didn't get there. This, but listen to me now. Listen to me now, please. See, the devil's going to try to defy you with circumstances and situations and obstacles, right? Because he's trying to figure out if you know just how defeated he is and just how powerful you are. He's trying to figure out if you really know that you're blessed. Because if you, see, if, if you just think it's at best seasonal, and, you know, hopefully it's time for me to be blessed again soon, you know, then he's just going to keep on messing with you, all right? 
Let me see. I think I wrote this a little better here. Amen. The invisible spiritual power Jesus gave them had to be believed to make a visible physical difference in the little boy's situation. Right? Let me say that again. The invisible spiritual power Jesus gave them had to be believed to make a visible physical difference in the little boy's situation. They had the power to cast the devil out of that little boy, but they didn't believe they did. And it had to be believed in order to make the difference. Why did we revert to Sunday, to Wednesday night's sermon on Sunday morning? In the same way, the blessing you have been given must be believed and acted upon for it to be a factor in your physical reality. Singers, musicians, would you please come? Did you pick that up again? Let me, let me say it again. In the same way Jesus gave them an invisible spiritual power to cast out demons, how do you operate in something that's invisible and spiritual? By faith. It had to be believed and acted upon in order for that power to become useful to that little boy in that situation. Am I boring you? This is so important. My friend, this is life-changing. I'm telling you, this is life-changing. I'm so tired of seeing people almost make it. I'm so tired of seeing people almost experience a breakthrough, almost get over the hump, almost receive what it is. That, come on now. Jesus gave them everything they needed to cast out any devil that they would ever encounter. But if that power is going to make a difference in that little boy's life, somebody, some, one of the disciples would have to believe it. Because it was spiritual, therefore it was invisible. Remember, you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. Spiritual things make a physical difference through the avenue of faith. In the same way that they had it but didn't believe it, you have the blessing. You are blessed with every spiritual blessing. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Amen. Stand with me. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. If you, if you don't mind doing it, I'm not, again, I'm not, nobody's going to reprimand you if you don't, but could you just lift a hand to him and thank him for the blessing this morning? Could you tell him thank you for blessing you, for blessing your family, for his blessing upon you, his blessing upon your family? Maybe if things are really, really going well right now in your family, that's easy for you to do. Maybe if you're facing some difficulties and some challenges and some disappointments in life, it might be a little more difficult for you to do. But listen to me. Listen to me now. Don't doubt the blessing when you need it the most. Don't question whether or not you're blessed when you need it the most. Amen. The blessing is upon you, and that blessing is designed to lift you up and over, to bring victory and breakthrough in your life. Don't, don't doubt you're blessed because you're not seeing anything in your life right now that looks like blessing. Thank you, Jesus, Father, for blessing us. Thank you, Lord, for, Thank you, Lord, for sending Jesus to become a curse for us so that the blessing might be upon us now. And Father, that blessing is not just the blessing of Abraham, but it's every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. 
including the blessing of Abraham, Father, but not limited to. Lord, that blessing is upon each one of us now. And Lord, I thank You that You're helping us see that by faith this morning. That You're helping us embrace that by faith this morning. Father, that, that we're, we're realizing that, that complaining is, is not getting us anywhere. But Father, focusing on, on You and who You are and what Your Word says to be true about us, Lord, is helping us connect, Father, with Your unseen force. It's a difference maker, Father. The blessing is a difference maker. And Father, there are folks in this room this morning, folks listening online this morning, they, they need a difference made in their lives. And so, Father, we embrace your word by faith today. And I thank you, Father, that, that what you have blessed, Father, is blessed. And you have blessed us, and we are blessed. It's not seasonal. It's an eternal state of being. And so, Father, we thank you for the, for the good things that are present. But, Lord, you are the high priest of even better things to come, good things to come. And we expect it. We believe it. Not because we deserve it, but because you became the curse for us, lifted it off of us, carried it away, and then put your blessing upon us. It was your plan from before the beginning. And it continues to be your plan today and will be your plan forever throughout all ages. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I want us to worship Him for a moment. Amen. If you're here today and you need breakthrough, breakthrough is for you. Breakthrough is here. At some point, though, you're going to have to draw a line in the sand and believe that you receive. Believe that you receive even when everything in your life says you have it. Amen. Maybe this is the day for you. Praise God. Let's worship Him. Let's worship Him before we're dismissed. Praise God. If you'd like someone to pray with you, these altars are open. We'll pray and agree with you. Amen. My Jesus, my Savior, Lord, there is none like you.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Well, tell somebody you're Amen. thankful for them this morning. Amen. Shake somebody's hand, hug somebody's neck, love somebody in Jesus. Again, if you could help us for just a few minutes, set up some chairs, we would greatly appreciate that. If you'd like to help with the final push and preparation, see you about 4.30, 4.45. Good things coming. See you tonight at 6. It's going to be a great, great time. Nothing compares to the promise I have. Nothing compares to the promise I have. Nothing compares to the promise I have.
Amen. Woo. That was good. Awesome.